Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time, They Might Be Giants. Today is a very special episode. Uh, Yours truly, Greg Simpson. I am here today with John Cunningham, a.k.a. Cornmo, to talk about the song No Cops, which he appeared on. So here we go. And folks on the floor Hello to the soundman Hello to the door And smoking out on the street He can't comprehend the screaming We've locked all the doors And please understand We've nailed down the latch So meet our demands In the time that we Just they might be giants. What's going on, John? Uh, not a lot. Just uh, pod podcasting. <laughs> not a whole lot. I I just saw your uh your tr- your metal tribute band tragedy posted a uh, video of the a Wham cover of Last Christmas. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Uh, I just, I was just looking for like, oh, what's going on like right now with Cornmo and, and like tragedy, all metal tribute to the Bee Gees and more or something. I was like, what? <laughs> so is that, uh, is that what you're, uh, you got some shows with that group going on? Yeah. Real soon? Yeah. We're playing uh New York Saturday and, uh, going to LA next week and San Francisco and San Diego and, uh. Yeah. All right. Cool. I don't know uh, when I'm going to be able to get this out. Hopefully some of those will still... Might be a couple of weeks. What do you got going in a couple of weeks? Uh, or will it be over by then? We're going to... Uh, we're going to do some East Coast stuff in the, in the new year. And then uh, UK and Germany in the March. Oh, nice. Nice. Tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So um, I first heard about you i just sent you this picture of a poster a nice silk screen poster that my wife had gotten me for my birthday of a show in uh 2004 in dallas at a place called trees and she got it just because the art is super cool like neon coloring big accordion the two john's faces like melded together and then it says with cornmo in common rotation i'm like oh i don't know either of those but that was the first place that i saw your name. I have that poster as well. Yeah, it's a it's a great yeah. poster. Yeah, you know anything with the Giants prominently featuring the accordion. Uh, I've I've also got one of their more newer T-shirts that has this the big red accordion. This is they on it. Oh yeah, yeah. Because uh, I play the accordion as well. Oh nice. Not uh, as well as you do, but I do have a 
pretty nice piano accordion, as well as uh, my grandpa played accordion. I have some of his old uh, button accordions. Like oh, accordions wow, cool. Stuff. So I was wanting to know a little bit more about you. Uh, when I talk to other musicians before we get into the song, I'd like to hear a little bit about like how you got started in music, even like, you know, like what was your first instrument? Did you start on piano or how, how did you get started making music yourself? Uh, I think it was about first grade. My parents got a, got a piano and, uh, my brother and I started taking lessons and, uh, and then when I got to uh, seventh and eighth grade, I had a new teacher who played in bands in the '60s, and he sort of got me into playing uh, rock piano. And then, uh, nice. Then I moved to Kentucky and got into jazz band, and then got introduced to like Rush and all these bands I never heard of. And and yeah. then, um, so Kentucky, you were. Where were you born? Because I know you were you started your career in Texas. Yeah. But uh, were you? I was born. You in, weren't born in Kentucky. No, I was born in New York. Oh, okay. Well, my dad was military, so we just moved around a lot. Ah. Uh, and then I ended up in Texas, finally. Yeah. In Kentucky, you got into more of the uh, prog and uh, metalish type stuff. Then. Yeah, I had a rock. I had a rock. My first rock band there. It was me and my brother and uh, a couple other guys from marching band. And uh, and what did you play? I played keys. Nice. And um, and then we moved to San Antonio, and that's when I got to metal. And nice. San Antonio is a big metal town, and uh, uh, and then I started. That's when I first started fronting a band, because uh, there's not too much keyboards in metal. So I was like, ah, well, I'll just sing. And then. Uh, then I, then I went to North Texas because uh, they had a good music program um, up in Denton, mm-hmm. and uh, I ended up dropping out of the music school, and uh, I got burned out. Mm. And then I, then I graduated, uh, degree in education, and then I was like, ah, now I want to play in bands again. So then I started. That's when Cornmore happened around that time were you a teacher then um i i mean i did like student teaching and i did substitute teaching but i never got a full-time teaching job Uh, but i you know i i technically taught kids but not in a professional manner sure sure i was learning how to do it right right okay um when did you start learning the accordion uh i was probably 18 or 19 and uh, a friend from San Antonio's mom worked at a homeless shelter and she, mm-hmm. she found an accordion in the dumpster at a homeless shelter and she thought I might like it. And it was the keyboard side didn't work. It was just the button side. Ah. And uh, a friend of mine who later became a ringling clown. Uh, <laughs> was, we started a group and uh, it was like three jugglers and me. And oh, wow. <laughs> so that's when I first started actually playing. So I would make up these fun songs. And then uh, I would accompany the juggling troupe. And um, this is explaining some things. I like this. Yeah. So I'm always, that there's like, and, and even, you know, when we get to 
no cops. I mean, it's like a warped circus type vibe. Uh, so those were like your accordion roots then is, uh, yeah. Circus type stuff. That's so cool. <laughs> so the, man, that must've been something to see. <laughs> that was fun. And then, uh, then I started playing with this guy who named himself mob ed. And, uh, and that's what I named myself. Cornmo was with, uh, we came up with stage names instead of a band name. And then, uh, he played guitar, played accordion and then he quit. So it was just Cornmo. And, uh, and then I wanted a band, but I didn't want, I didn't want to name it after myself. I thought that would have been too, I don't know. I just felt weird about it, calling a band. Right. So I came up with the name 357 Lover, which is pretty much mm-hmm. Cornmo with the full band. Nice. But now it gets, yeah. but now it gets confusing because it's the same <laughs> songs, but just different names. Oh, okay. So there is crossover in set lists. like Yeah stuff on cornmo releases will be played by the full band yeah it's pretty much the same band except one person versus four or five okay so people who don't know uh your music let's play a couple clips for them so we were talking before and i think we're gonna introduce them to your solo stuff uh with a song called lollipop which is off the magic is you which is from 2003 is that right well yeah i guess so i forgot <laughs> Alrighty, so let's listen to some classic cornmo here's lollipop let him hear the full full band deal let's hear some 357 lover and so the last full length you guys put out was the the purchase of the north pole but you're working on yeah. a new one right uh-huh yeah how, how far along are you on that we we track drums and bass so far um the the place and then piano we track piano and then we put some uh whirly Wurlitzer, Whirly, uh, nice. and a little bit of Mellotron. Oh, sweet, man. Get, is it, you don't own your own Mellotron, do you? Is that something the studio had, or do you have a Mellotron? 
the studio had a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. And I, we did, we ran out of time. We just we did we had two days, and uh, uh, yeah, I might have to drop some more money and go back and play the other keyboards. Yeah. But they had a, they uh, had a really nice Mellotron. Yeah, that's enticing for a keyboardist to not very often you get your hands on those. Yeah. Man. All right, well, let's play something off the last album. So we're going to play the title track, at least a little bit of it, because it's a seven-minute epic. The title track, The Purchase of the North Pole. <laughs> Racing all the points up on your map. Just looking around the band camp for both 357 and for Cornmo, it's just like there's a million things on there. Like I was just looking at what you know what else I hadn't heard, and there's like you've got funny Christmas albums, you've got stuff for Halloween, you've got all these different little like single song releases and stuff like that. It was a little overwhelming. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. You're you're a busy man. You got uh, when the muse strikes you. You lay it to tape is what it seems like to me. It's just that's what I do. <laughs> I'm assuming that you were a fan of They Might Be Giants before you got, you know, properly hooked up with them. Yeah. So how did you get into They Might Be Giants? I am not exactly sure what how it how it happened, but it was around the time when I got in the accordion. Cause that's when I was introduced to Tom Waits. Oh, mm. here's what ha- here's what happened. So I was in uh, the music school, and uh, <clears throat> I was in a thing called Men's Chorus, and it's where all the jazz guitarists went when they couldn't get into a lab band, <laughs> and and composition students like me. And so we went. It was a it, the the professor said we're going to go see this band that's playing in another room, and it was this band called Brave Combo, and it was the first time I saw an accordion driven band besides weird al huh. and i was like wow. and they they were just they blew me away and they and i later found out that uh flansburg and linnell saw brave combo and they're like combo. and they they inspired them as well they've been around since 78 brave combo <clears throat> man wait are they still going they are still going oh wow Okay, so yeah, I'm looking at this now. They're from Denton. 
Yeah. Founded, founded in 1979, Carl Finch, guitarist, keyboardist, accordionist. Wow. Should we, if they inspired, they might be giants. I feel like we should, is there a song you got off the top of your head that we could, that I could drop in here for people to hear? I've never heard of this band until now. Uh, there's like a, yeah, there's a lot of them. point they said they started playing a samba version of the exorcist theme and that's that's the first time i ever i was i and they're such good musicians they're crazy good wow um polkamania music for squares urban grown-ups i'm looking at this their cover art's pretty wild too it's almost got more like a punk aesthetic to it you know despite the you know the accordion presence so yeah kind of breaking the people's perceptions of that instrument yeah so after that that's when i i got turned on to tom waits and uh they might be giants and <clears throat> i got the flood album yeah and i just obsessed i couldn't that that there's very few perfect albums and that's a perfect album true truth it's, it's, not gonna argue with you there <laughs> and and uh so yeah that's that's when i that's that that was those were the inspirations for taking the accordion. Awesome. Awesome. So then how did it come to be that you first, you know, that you met the giants or you first started, uh, how did that all come about? I mean, that's, that's gotta be like a dream scenario. (laughs) I'm not exactly sure how it happened, but I think it was, um, this guy named Jake Snufferarski, uh, I first came to New York playing a, he had a, a compilation, of, he had a record label, and it was all punk bands doing TV themes, mm-hmm. and they were, and uh, so I drove up with some friends, we got to New Jersey, this is before cell phones, I called him from a payphone and said, hey, I'm in Jersey, uh, where's the show at, can you give me directions, He's like, oh, it got canceled, and uh, I was like, oh. Well, I'm in Jersey now, from Texas. <laughs> so he helped me find shows, and then we became friends. And then uh, he later was the guy I replaced in Tragedy. And uh, oh. But there was a window where he was managing me, and uh, I think he sort of got me into the opening for the release of the movie Gigantic. Oh, so that was where it first happened. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. So yeah, you hadn't really met them before until you were opening for them. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. So what was it like first meeting them? And uh, I mean, that must have been a little uh, intense. It was. Yeah, it was intimidating. Because 
those were the guys yeah <laughs> that's 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 amazing so that was i think it's more like 2002 i would say 2000, 2000 i think it was 2002 yes 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 because mink car was the new <laughs> album when that came out that's right okay so then so that was just for one show then that first time or yeah just, okay and but then you've gone on tour with them too yeah then i did i did uh i toured with them in the uk and uh all over the states and uh i can't remember how many tours i did with them it was probably at least three maybe four and those were as you solo or some of those or 357 lover also toured with them as a we didn't we didn't tour with them. We did some we did some out of town shows and some New York shows with them. Oh, okay. But but it was mostly just for a, uh, convenience just me. Sure, yeah. And uh yeah, speaking of you opening for them, you also got to join them on stage some and e- even though this isn't the Particle Man episode, there is a um there was a a live Giants release called Almanac that had a track called Particle Mo on it, which oh, yeah. <laughs> features you. And I'm going to drop a little bit of that in here right now. Hi, Corn Mo. Hey, Linnell. Um, What's going on? Same old, same old. I know that. I heard that. Um, so, uh, remember all the good times. Um, so, uh, so shall we play the song Particle Man? Yeah. Rhetorical question? Yes. Yes? Yes. Okay. Particle Man, Particle Man, doing the things a particle can. What's he like? It's not important. Particle Man, is he a dot or is he a speck? When he's underwater, does he get wet? Also, I saw um, you had a video on your YouTube of you playing live with them, um, but I was wondering if you were aware of a video, a really high-quality video was just uploaded in October. This October only has 22 views on it right now, but it's you playing with them in Manchester in 2004. Wow. No, I haven't seen that. Yeah. it. I'm, I'm going to send a link to you here in the messenger. Um and I was going to drop a little bit of that in, too, because this particular performance, you and John Linnell do a pretty extensive back and forth dueling, dueling banjos, but dueling accordions uh, <laughs> segment in this, this version. Play. This is my favorite song I love to play. This is in Manchester. I want to play Particle Man. All right! 
It was always intimidating, and I, yeah, I, my chops aren't great. And when we, every time we do that, I was like, ah, oh, this is the last time he's gonna want to do this because <laughs> my, he's gonna be so disappointed in my musicianship. <laughs> no way, man! You were busting out like some classical style licks. I love that in the middle of Particle Man, you're like, do 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 do, like all these cool little licks, and uh, and on the the like regular portion of the song the you know the accordion feature accordion solo or whatever you call it uh you would like harmonize on top of the regular accordion line right that's super cool it's like oh uh, i have to see it i don't remember it so yeah yeah <laughs> well you can hear it a little bit on the uh the album version too where you put like maybe a third on top doing thirds on top of what linnell's playing i don't know if you'd remember but um 
Because I, of course, as an accordionist, have done covers of Particle Man, you know, and I know that little keyboard, the little accordion lick. Uh, but it sounded super cool with the, the harmonies on top. <laughs> and then the uh, back and forth is super fun to see. So you'll, you'll have to check out that, that video, too, when you get him in. It's, like, super high quality from some guy who I th- think is, like, a newscaster or something. A guy named, let's, what is it? I don't know. Kane Faribaugh. I don't even huh. know. But I go to his YouTube page, and it's like two They Might Be Giants things, and then a bunch of like classic news clips, like the space shuttle discovery landing. <laughs> wow. And then you playing with the They Might Be Giants. <laughs> I'd smell a subscription from me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Particle Mo. That's pretty awesome. To not only get to play with them, but get your name melded with one of their most well-known songs on a yeah, live record. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, right. It's been a pretty surreal thing. That it was. That it oh, was. Okay, let's talk about uh, No Cops then. This was released in... Well, it went up online in 2015. Let's see, January... 19th 2015 so it was part of their weekly dial a song run in 2015 it was the third week three of dial a song in 2015 uh and then it's finally seen a physical release with uh my murdered remains bonus disc uh just a year ago so i'm gonna find out a little bit about how this song came to be like the songwriting was it all written or was it a col- uh, beforehand? Was it a collaboration? How did uh, how did how did how was No Cops born? I don't know. <laughs> I, you start I, out a lot of your answers like that, but then you do know <laughs> it comes to you. <laughs> well, I I went into the studio and uh, and they you know it was already written, so I didn't I didn't write okay. it, but I they wanted me to do like an Irish tenor type voice and uh so i i irish tendered it up and uh but it sounds but I, so much like like your some of your your solo cornbow stuff like a it sounds like they were writing it in your style well they used they used like a i don't know what kind of keyboard it is but it do you know what the optigan is no the optigan is a is an organ from I think early seventies maybe. Yeah. Uh, so what the way it works is you uh, it's got a it's got a door under the keys. You pull it down, and you know on the on film strips you have the the video side, then you have the audio side. Right. The audio side is like jagged little. Uh, it's black jags going up. Mm. Mm-hmm. So. They used that technology, but made it into like a record. So it's kind of like a Mellotron, so that when when you play a note, a light shoots up uh-huh. uh, through through the the loop of. <laughs> so it's it's wow. So it's actually like a Mellotron, but it's a record. It's a different kind of recording. Um, and it's using optical type technology, right? Yes. Huh. So it also has like a beat side. So when you hit it, it's like a recording of a beat, like and like Hawaiian is like the biggest, I think was the biggest seller. But <laughs> Linnell had something like that. But when you played 
when you play the keys, it would slow down and then slow down and slow down. Okay. So, yeah, that, that was one of the first big things with the arrangement that I wanted to talk about is how crazy the tempo fluctuations are. It's because of that keyboard. It was an <laughs> f- amazing keyboard. But I don't think it was an Optigan. It was something else. Okay. Huh. So you did not play any instruments on this? I did not okay. play anything. I just well, I'll sang have to let it. the guys at the, the... This might be a wiki. I'll have to let them know, because you're credited as accordion on the track on the wiki. Oh, I don't think I played it. Yeah. If I, if I did, I don't remember. I just remember singing. So it was a keyboard more like... I mean, it's... Because... It sounds more like a pump organ, right, type thing than than an accordion to me, at least. It's whatever this keyboard was, was, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever that happened to be, if we could find that out, if anyone knows, yeah, I don't know. That's very, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm just curious as to how like Marty and Danny played along with that because it's so. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a waltz, but it's like. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Well that's yeah, you hit you hit the you hit this note and then you then you hit the other one, it's it's lower, but it makes it go slower because it's it, it, I guess it's oh, slowing down. Of the, the speed yeah. 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 The speed of whatever tape or whatever is inside it. That yeah. is wow, yeah, it just has like this drunken circus waltz type feel to it. It's uh really crazy and it reminds me a lot of i mean it's it really made me think of your solo stuff i was positive you had something to do with the songwriting of it um but it's also reminds me a lot of like really classic they might be giants in just how weird it is (laughs) uh which is awesome so so they tapped you to sing it and um so you were talking about going to school for music. I I meant to ask you, did you ever take like voice lessons? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, took I, I figured I, you had. Yeah, I stu- I when I dropped out of the music school, I I stayed on uh singing cuz I really liked it. And mm-hmm. then uh but then I was I was street performing in uh Edinburgh and I blew out my voice. This mm-hmm. is probably like 2000, 2001, and uh, I looked for a voice teacher in New York City, and I found a guy uh, named David Fairchild, who took, who was able to take, uh, fix my voice without having to do surgery. So I got reintroduced to singing uh, classical again. And, yeah, uh, yeah, I noticed you on again, like I said with your band camp. I was just scrolling through it. And I'm like singing Franz Schubert. I was like, whoa, okay. That's a <laughs> that's another twist in the yeah. uh, in the catalog. I got really obsessed with him because I he was showing me my 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 teacher was pulling out show tunes because that's what most people like to sing in I guess his in New York City and his students. Mm-hmm. But I he pulled out this uh Franz Schubert and I I can't stand show tunes. I I I mean, there's some I like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But as yeah. as a whole, I can't stand them. No, I and hear that. So I said, "Can we go back? Can we revisit the Schubert?" And he got really excited because he he studied uh, Dietrich Fischer-Dieskau, who was like the the main guy go to 
of people who listened to Schubert's uh, uh, German leader. Hmm. And so we started singing it, and and then this lady came out who we rented the studio from. Uh, she goes, oh, that sounds very lovely. She walked back in. He goes, that's Fisher Dieskow's ex-wife. And I was like, oh. holy, sh- holy shit. And he goes, he goes, that's a big deal that she came out and told you that. And I was like, wow. Nice. And he goes, and the piano we're playing, uh, he gave it to her and they got divorced. She got the piano. So it was Fisher Dieskow's. <laughs> so, yeah. So I've been, wow. I've been, he passed away uh, a few years ago. So I, I, we, we had really nice times on Tuesday afternoons singing Franz Schubert pieces. And uh, so I'm still doing it uh, with uh, this guy, Bill Schimmel, mm-hmm. who uh, who played on uh, Tom Waits's uh, Frank's Wild Years and Rain Dogs. Wow. So it's coming full circle again with the accordion. So the guy that influenced another influence, I get to, so he's doing uh, the accompanying on the Franz Schubert Venturizer song cycle and we're going to do uh, Lincoln Center uh, in June together doing these songs. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, you're just uh, crossing genres like crazy. And he, 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 he came in and sat in with me when, when I, I did a open for the Giants New Year's Eve a few years ago. Oh, cool. cool. So it was like, it was like two, two, two accordion heroes <laughs> in the same, same room for me. Amazing. So it was, yeah. It's a great present. Yeah, that's great. Tell me a little bit more about the recording session. So you came in to do the vocals. Uh were the Giants in there with you, coaching you along? Who was who was there? How did uh how did it go down? It was Flans and Linnell and uh uh and the engineer. Um and yeah, they just they just you know, he's they just coached me like, hey, can you make it sound more? They they were I, I didn't know what they wanted, and they when they said Irish tenor, that's when I kind of I kind of you know whenever you hear Danny Boy, you know this right right singing like you would hear Danny Boy, so that's what I did. <laughs> yeah, it's great, and that's another thing that makes the song so interesting is just because like I was describing the music like a drunken waltz. Uh, like a like you know these circus type vibes, but then you've got this very pretty singing tone over top of it, you know, a very kind of pure tone, and that also is juxtaposed, juxtaposed against the lyrics, which are basically about holding the band hostage, right? Yeah. <laughs> but you're saying you know no cops, don't you know don't call the cops or else, uh, but you're saying it in such a pretty way. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the way. It- that's how you win over people, you know. <laughs> yeah, the the lyrics are are, are great because, yeah, if you're you're holding them hostage, but you're saying hello like pretty nicely to everybody first when it comes in, you know, hello balcony and folks on the floor, hello to the sound man, hello to the door, um, the the man smoking on the street, he he can't comprehend the scream the screaming. That's 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 the first hint that something has gone wrong in this this song because it sounds so pleasant at first but what i want to know so the lyrics and and you didn't write the lyrics but what are what's your interpretation or did you get any anything from flansburg about what are the demands it says so meet our demands 
But then it pretty much just says we're he- here to steal your dreams. Is that is that all <laughs> the, they they want is is to steal and steal whose dreams? The crowd or or the Giants or or what? <laughs> What's going on? I th- I think it was I think it was for me I thought it was the audience. But again, you're singing in a sweet Irish tenor voice, so it's <laughs> who's not going to give in, you know? <laughs> right. How could you not just just listen and comply? <laughs> so yeah, I was looking on the wiki. I'm not sure if you've ever seen the They Might Be Giants wiki. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. yeah, it's super comprehensive. So and and it says on the YouTube, uh, the official YouTube video too, that it was written to be uh, a new introduction to for the band to come out to. But according to the wiki, that only happened one time. Yeah, and that, and that was at the Music Hall of Williamsburg. Uh, pretty much right after that song was released on YouTube, January 25th, 2015. Now, was that you doing it live for them to come out to, or was it just a recording of the song, or what What? What? what happened at that show? I I honestly don't remember. I think it was a recording. Okay. I think, I think, I can't remember if I was in town to do that show or not. Uh, I don't. I I can't remember. Right. Sorry. I, oh. I should have written it. I should have written it down. Well, you got. I mean, you got so much going on. It is. It's and there's so many different projects. It's got to be hard to keep track. But I mean, I was thinking like, well, like because in the '80s, especially, they had their long, bizarre intros that would play on the tape player. You know, as they were coming onto the stage. So I was figuring it was just something you know that would play you know through the PA as they were coming up, but I didn't know, you know, since it was a New York show, if it was something you had played for them or not, but, um, it's just listed as no cops on on the set list, no cops parentheses intro. And do you, I mean, do you know, why did they only use it once? I mean, they, they said right off when they released it, that it was going to be their new intro. Did you ever hear anything about that? Why it ended up? No. Yeah. That's weird. We shot the we shot the video for it at my apartment. Yeah, let's um, talk about the video. I was actually wondering that when you got up to get a glass of water, I was looking at the stuff behind you, and I'm like, it kind of looks like the video. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I, it wasn't this apartment. It was another apartment. It was okay. Uh, well, I think I recognize like some posters or something that maybe you've got up oh, behind yeah. you now to, that you know made the move. <laughs> um, but uh, we we brought in my friend Subi, who's a uh, dancer my fiance's uh dance company mm. and she does she does makeup and so uh flans design the makeup and then and then she did it for me the it was he's just brilliant like he came up with the whole concept and everything and i had like a this makeup with a, my eye was had a crow <laughs> yeah I, yeah yeah the the i mean the wiki even has a sketch that flansberg did of you with the makeup and it says a sketch for inspiration monochromatic big and smaller birds on forehead and cheeks slightly asymmetrical (laughs) exclamation point a bit scary exclamation point (laughs) i'd say that was achieved it is pretty pretty spooky i feel like i have the original somewhere of that i don't know oh wow and i've got the uh i do have the the, the the no cops collage he just left that in my house so I've got that the like the um 
what do you call it? Ransom note looking yeah, letters. I've got the ra- yeah, I've got the ransom note. Very cool. Yeah, that's uh, especially when you you close your eyes at the very end of the video, and like you know, even your eyelids are are black. It's very uh, yeah. very spooky, and you're just standing yeah. there perfectly still. Which I remember when I first watched it, I thought it was just a a still image, but then I could see the feathers on your head were kind of blowing a little bit. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty wild. So do you just shoot that in like an afternoon or something, just at your your place? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Cool. We did another video together, uh, the le- dancing uh, the Jonathan Richmond cover, the Lesbian Bar. Oh, um, man! He, uh, this, I I know the song. I can't remember the video. These, I mean, these guys just put out so much stuff. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I was in. I was doing stop motion at the time, and so uh, he asked me to to do a stop motion video of sorts. Oh, um, nice. And his. Yeah, his input is just—he's. He, there's a reason that they're just so brilliant. Those two guys are just. His yeah. his his input is you know just oh yeah of course he would you know. Right, and it's just—I mean—it's like the total package too. Like the music and visual aesthetics are just like perfectly, you know, in sync, and you know they have. You know, you could see an image and be like, oh, that's got to be something Giants related. You know, it's not it's not like a stagnant type style. They have there's a lot of variety there, but it's that it's that. Yeah, that aesthetic, like that way of thinking that the Johns have that just uh, is so unique to them. I think could probably get to this one. Uh, so so usually we do a cover section, and I was searching for covers, and the the only thing I could find was, but this guy who goes by the name uh, Ratmos, Ratmos on SoundCloud, did this thing in 2015 when the Giants would drop a song every week. Apparently they were putting the lyrics to each song up the day before they actually dropped the song on YouTube. So what this uh. guy did was every week he took the lyrics of the song without having heard the song and wrote his own song around the lyrics. Wow! That's brilliant. <laughs> so it's pretty wild. A low balcony and folks on the floor Hello to the sound men, hello to the door Man smoking out in the street he can't comprehend the screaming We've locked all the doors And please understand We've nailed down the latch So we our demands In the time that we permit Or else the band will get it We are here to steal your dreams Just listen and comply no cops, no cops, no cops, no cops Just they might be giants No cops, no cops, no cops, no cops Just they might be giants It sounds like Cat Stevens. <laughs> it's very inviting. <laughs> it's the weirdest lyrics to a Cat Stevens song I've ever heard. Yeah. They're, they're... There's a peace train, and then there's this song about holding a band hostage. They don't seem to go together. <laughs> That's great. 
Yeah, I came across this guy when I did an episode on Erase, since that was from the same, you know, dial-a-song cycle. You had, you had this guy on? No, no, no. I played I played his version of Erase. Oh. Okay. I, I, I should, yeah, yeah, I should see if I can contact this guy through SoundCloud here and hear more about this, because I haven't checked to see if he did all 52 songs or whatever. I mean, that would be insane. That's nuts. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of them here as I scroll through his thing. But that's a, a pretty unique idea. I thought that, that might be something you'd be into. So that, yeah. that's the uh, you know, quote-unquote take... cover of this song. That's a brilliant way to... Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to listen to more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so the, the the final segment of each episode, I make everyone score the song which is every music nerd's favorite thing to do. Now, this is a little different for you since you're on the song, but the the deal is is in the pantheon of, you know, they might be giant songs. You know, you're not comparing it against Schubert, for example. Uh-huh. <laughs> but against their other songs, I mean, I mean, if you can, you can bow out if you need to, but on a scale of 1 to 10 with decimals being allowed, what would you score this song? And then I will try to think of my score. As well, if you can step a little outside of it, since you sang on it but you didn't write it, how would you score this in the uh, the grand scheme of Giants songs? It's tough. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it's it's definitely up. Are we going one to ten? Yeah, one to ten, and you can use decimals. Oh, now it's even harder. But I, I would. <laughs> I would put it north of eight of, for just because it's so that keyboard is just writing a song using that keyboard is just really, really amazing. Uh, uh, you, anytime you get like a new instrument mm-hmm. or you would discover a new instrument, there's something that happens where you, your writing changes yeah. Like you, I mean, you still, you still have your, you still have you, but there's like an inspiration that comes from uh, discovering a new instrument. And I think that, that uh, thrown into the mix just makes that song definitely north of eight. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that, too. Um, I mean, I'm not a prolific songwriter, but I, I do all right. But I do try to write songs on different instruments. And even if I'm writing a song on guitar, like I know there's some guys that, you know, they write all their songs on acoustic guitar. But for me, like if I get a new guitar pedal that does something weird, that new sound will inspire me to write a song off that. And right. Yeah. So this knowing about this weird keyboard and... So why, like, there's all those tempo fluctuations and stuff like that, and them telling you to sing it in an Irish tenor style really gives me more appreciation for the song. Um, I think I'm going to go... Now, so far, this this is going to be episode 60, I believe, so I've had to score that many songs, and i got to leave a lot of room for, you know, nines and tens in their, like, 700-song catalog or whatever. So it's pretty tough. I think I'm going to go 
6.9 on this. You give a brilliant vocal performance, but it's one of those songs where it's like, you know, it's just, it's, it's barely over a minute long. So it's like, how does that compete with like Dr. Worm or She's an Angel? You know, it's, it's tough. There's stiff competition in their catalog, but I definitely have a greater appreciation for this song. It's a unique one. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah no cops uh, or else Cornmo's going to kill They Might Be Giants. So don't call the cops. Uh, is there anything else you would like to plug or mention before, uh, we call it a night here? Uh, I do a monthly show for those that are in New York area. It's a variety show. Oh, yeah? Uh, it's with my fiance. We do, I do some... She, it's her dance company, and I sing. So we do some numbers together where I move. I can't dance, but I move a little bit, and then I, and then, uh, and then I play accordion and piano, and then we have like magicians or, or you know, other folks. Wow! Yeah, it sounds yeah. like old, old time kind of variety show style. That's, it's uh... like a, it's like seventies variety show. Very cool. The, yeah. So where where's that at? It's at the Slip Room. The last Monday of every month we do that, the and then I'll post I'll post some of the videos on uh, on my YouTube channel or my website or whatever. Great, great. Yeah, yeah I'll, have to, I'll have to check those out. So yeah, New York. I know we do have. Uh, I mean, a, a big chunk of my guests have been from the New York area, so I know we got some New York listeners out there, so they can go check that out. Uh, Tragedy is going to Europe, you said, and is that in January? March. March we're going March. to Europe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I we we've we've had uh guests on in the Ukraine and uh actually the guy in uh in Kiev, I think you might know him, Franz Nikolai. Yeah. <laughs> He's been on two episodes. <laughs> I uh he his wife is a accordion player as well. Yeah, we uh, the first episode he was on was I Am Not Your Broom, and we talked extensively about accordion nerd stuff. You should check out that episode. It's, uh, it's a two-hour episode. <laughs> he's brilliant. Yeah, he's brilliant. His wife's brilliant. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a fantastic guy. He, he also came back and did an episode for um, I Can Hear You, and we talked all about the Edison stuff and all that. Um, but yeah, I've got, I've got, I've had a guy in Poland and I've had several guests on from England. So maybe some people can go check out your metal, uh, tribute band. That sounds super cool. And, uh, everyone should go check out, uh, is your official site, right? But it is. And 357lover.com as well for checking out that stuff. There's a lot of music to check out there, so everyone should go scope out some more. And John Cornbo, thank you so much for being on. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is yeah, really that fun. was great. All right, man. Uh, well, you have a good one and have a good uh, holiday season. All right, you too. Thank you. People can find the podcast that twitter is uh at this might be a pod uh facebook.com slash this might be a podcast 
You can email me at thismightbeapod at gmail. You can leave me voicemails at 224-801-2930. You can find me on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash thismightbeapodcast if you want to get some merch in here. Bonus episodes. And I think that'll do it. So see everybody next time. No cops, no cops, no cops Just they might be giants No cops, no cops, no cops, no cops Just they might be giants